Hello and welcome to the Huddersfield Town Preview Show in association with Sportsbroker. I'm pleased today to be joined by town fan Sarah Winterburn, who is the editor of Football 365, and Stoke fan Mark Holmes, who works for Planet Sport. How are you both doing this afternoon? Very, Very well, good. I imagine, I imagine I'm a little better than Mark, considering our respective form, but... You are, you are. It's, it's... <laughs> it started early, it started early. You, you two are of the, the same parish, Is that that's correct, isn't it? We are, albeit this is about as often as we see each other, isn't it, Sarah? The odd video. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the true of most people in most organisations, I think, in this day and age, the odd Zoom call. Thank you for letting me sit in on this Planet Sport meeting today. <laughs> uh, nice. Having worked for you both in a previous life, it's, it's nice to catch up with you both. We're here, obviously, to, to have a chat about the game on, on Friday night, about Town and, and, and Stoke. Uh, Mark, if we, we're kind and we, we start with you, do you want to fill us in on, on how Stoke have been getting on? Because you obviously, in the reverse fixture, you, you came from behind and beat us 2-1 uh, down in the potteries, but it's been inconsistent since then, is that fair to say? Yeah, very fair. Um, I think O'Neill referenced it after the game the other night. It's almost win one, draw one and lose one and... As a result, we are exactly where you'd expect us to be with that kind of form. Um, it's funny because if you if this fixture had happened in midweek, I'd have been speaking really positively because we'd won away at Hull, played really, really well, and then lost at home to Fulham, but given them a good go and there was good signs. And you thought, great, the, the season starts there. And then we were absolutely rancid. Honestly, so bad, as bad as we've been all season in midweek. So now you're thinking... God, we've got Huddersfield next and they're playing well. And they're saying, where are we going to finish up now? So you're not going to get much positivity out of me today, which I'm sure you're all <laughs> going to enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's the opposite for us, um, Sarah, isn't it? As, as Mark had touched on, things are going as well as they possibly could do for, for town at present. I think certainly a lot better than most people predicted and expected at the start of the season. I think most of us, most town fans I know spoke to would have taken 14th. I think at the start of the season to be any so to be anywhere near the playoff picture feels a bit ridiculous almost really it's like it's sort of a silly game and it's we're all going to wake up and actually we're fighting relegation along with Barnsley yeah but no it's it's, it's you know nine matches unbeaten and um and I think it's fair to say town haven't gen haven't played brilliantly to be nine matches unbeaten you know it's not it's not been scintillating football but there's a real sort of, I don't know, spirit, I suppose is the old-fashioned way of putting it, but a sort of togetherness about this team. And they don't kind of know when they're beaten, which is nice to see after a few years of town having to know when they're beaten because it <laughs> happened all the time. Yeah, it's, it, it has been a, a run where the, you know, the performances have ebbed and flowed, but the results have, have stayed you know, on, a, on a constant, mm-hmm. which has been nice. That game against Reading at the, the weekend was you know, ridiculous, three all at half-time and, and Danny Ward pulling out possibly goal of the season to win it. It's, it. It does have one of those feelings where when those results are going your way, you, you think you know, something might be happening here. Well, I think football, you know, momentum is massively important in football and, and, and sort of much underestimated, I think. I think one, when you've played football or managed football or even watched football, you know that feeling of going on the pitch and thinking, we can't get beaten. You know, we've all played in those games or, or, or sort of watched those games. And even when you go one down or maybe even two down, you, you're still thinking, no, we've and Town seem to be in that kind of run at the moment. I mean, don't want to jinx them because um, Town's record against <laughs> Stoke do. is <laughs> Town's record against Stoke is pretty abysmal. So <laughs> yeah. this could be the one that ends it. But um, there is a sort of, you know, there's there's none of that sort of star quality or egos of that team that went up um, four years ago or five years ago, whatever it was. But then 
they're all the better for it, I think, because there's this sort of, like you said, this togetherness and this sort of unity. And there's no there's no big names in there. There's no egos. It's just this sort of togetherness, which is encapsulated in Danny Ward being the hero. Whoever thought that was going to happen? Yeah, he's, he's having an incredible season. I think we we recently published a statistic that uh, he's already levelled his best ever return in the championship season. I think that was previously mm. when he was at Rotherham. So he's he's playing remarkably well this year. And and like he said, has been an embodiment of of what Town are all about this year. Mark, on the other hand, you know, that Sarah's summation of, of what town are and what we're all about, what sums up Stoke? Do you guys have the togetherness? Is there issues with your squad or is, what's going on to, you know, cause the inconsistencies? I think I don't want to give Michael O'Neill a complete get-out-of-jail-free card because clearly we've got a good and big squad um, and I think he's resolved a lot of the you know, the issues that come out of falling out of the Premier League, most of them, not all of them. Yeah. But in his defence, we have had, you know, injuries to key players. Suter, <clears throat> clearly by far and away, our best defender and one of the best in the league. Nick Powell, ditto, you know, as a number 10, attacking midfielder, whatever you want to call him. And, uh, and, and Tyrese Campbell just hasn't come back yet and found his form. So that, in effect, is our three best players that we've had to do without for a large portion of the season. Um, and then peripheral players as well that you know that have fallen away uh, due to injuries over Christmas just hadn't helped and there's no momentum in the team um, you know Ben Wilmot's missed the past few games is a big loss for us at the back so yes I can point fingers at O'Neill but I, I, I do think he's been unlucky with the injuries that we've had in the positions that we've had just recently. I think that's probably one of the big differences because I mean you look at that you look at the town 11 you can probably predict eight or nine of them every week there's very very little changes there we know what formation they're going to play we know pretty much down to a man which 11 are going to play I mean that might that might bear against us at some point later in the season when they might be tired but there's very little variation in there isn't there and there's probably been a little bit of luck with injuries this season there's been is they have been consistent in in the way he's been able to play and if you if you're going to play a system which isn't you know it's a little bit pragmatic certainly at times it is about that discipline isn't it and about being able to sort of spend hours on the training ground so that all those players know exactly what they're going to do all the time. And I suppose Stoke as well, you've, you've signed players in January, haven't you? But it takes a bit of time to kind of get things right again. Well, it's listen, it's, it's an interesting one because you look at the signs we've made in January and it's clearly to try and improve now. You know, we've bought Jack Yelka mm. and he was 39. We've bought Aloney and... So one for the future there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you can't allow those players to, to bed in. Clearly they're bought in to improve us now. That... that Sadly, hasn't been the case certainly in the past couple of games. Uh, but the thing, you know, you talk about having a settled eleven. I think what Stoke, and this isn't O'Neill's fault. You can point all the fingers in the world at Stoke's transfer recruitment over the years, and it's, you know, it's been terrible. Um, it's not O'Neill's fault that somebody like Sam Clucas comes into the team and it isn't good enough. But you, as Huddersfield fans, I think, bloody hell, Sam Clucas. You know what? What a great midfield they've got. There's plenty of names like that that have got big reputations and ultimately aren't, aren't good enough. So actually, yes, we have got a big squad and a good squad on paper, but we really need um, consistency in selection that maybe you guys have benefited from this season. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because both clubs in their own way have had uh, difficulty readjusting to life in the Championship from the Premier League. This is the first year that Town have, have really been competitive and, and had a good feeling around the club since returning from the Premier League. It's probably three years running, Sarah, wasn't it? That, 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 that you know The losses were... were far outweighing any positives in terms of on-the-field actions. Um, but Stoke have obviously got high aspirations, which is matched with well, what you're trying to do in January. 
I think one of the touch points that, you know, from our perspective that you mentioned is the recruitment that we've got so right this summer. And, and, you know, if we go on to do anything in January is it's a lot around how the fit is with the squads and that atmosphere that, that Sarah touched on earlier is a lot to do with um, personality as much as it is performance. And, and that seems to have fed in with each other. The, the, the lads in the group now seem to all pull in the same direction, all have similar sort of backgrounds and ethos and all that sort of a thing. And, and although it can sound a bit woolly sometimes, that clearly is having an effect on the field. Is that, is that something perhaps that the Stoke might be missing a little bit of? Well, I think that's what Michael O'Neill's trying to do. He, he's, I say, I do give him a slightly easy ride because he's trying to not only improve the team, but do it whilst working against FFP and, and, and sort of resolve all those headaches in the background. So, you know, January specific, he's let Danny Bart go. He's let Adam Davis go to Sheffield United. And, you know, we're playing um, Jack Bonham in goal, who, you know, we wouldn't have envisaged being anywhere near the team this season, but he's doing that because he, he kind of has to. There's money on the table for Adam Davis. He's on big money. We let him go. Danny Bart, <clears throat> you know, we let him go and bring Jack Galka in on less money and that's the reason for doing that really it's, so it, it's it's very difficult and what he's clearly trying to do is bring in younger players with maybe less of an ego less of a reputation who fit into a structure in his way of playing a little bit like what you were saying about town um, but you know the process is far from complete really Sarah how do you how do you see the two sides matching up then because as you say town have, have been fairly settled it's interesting that the one game where we we did have throw caution to the wind a little bit and play a different system was that reading game at the mm. weekend we played with a four at the back and, and mi mixed it up a little bit compared to the the three that we'd been playing previously how do you see these two matching up it's it's one of those on paper friday night under the lights where you expect there to be some entertainment but how how do you see it playing out well, I can't see him throwing caution to the wind against Stoke. I think, you know, this, if I was a betting woman, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be looking at a one-all or something because I think this could be tight as hell. Everyone knows where Town's attacking attacking sort of momentum comes from. It comes from those win-backs. You know, you, you negate those, you're halfway towards doing the job, aren't you? So I think, you know, this might be one of those games that unfortunately both teams go into thinking they don't want to lose it. And I think that's the danger with this one, that it could end up being a bit flat. And also, as I said before, I, I sort of felt kind of optimistic, but I thought, oh, I'll just look up how we've done against Stoke because I didn't think it was good. <laughs> I didn't think we hadn't won since 1997 at home. Wow. But that's phenomenal, you know, and, and that and that was a, in November of the year that Peter Jackson kicked Town up, and that was Town's first win of the season in November at home to Stoke. Everything else since then has been pretty, pretty poor. So, you know, I've not got a massive amount of optimism about this one. I mean, I was there uh, two years ago. I took my son to his first ever town game thinking I could win him over from Man United <laughs> by taking him to a town game. We lost 5-2. He, he said my team are rubbish and that's why. <laughs> and he won't have anything to do with us. So, you know, I'm holding that oh, against great. Stoke. Well, you'll have to bring him back another time while we're doing well this season and hopefully try mm. and persuade him again. Has that made you feel slightly better about things, Mark, here in those stats? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I must admit, I didn't realise the record was quite that good. I'm trying to think whether I was at that 97 game. I think I probably was. It rings a bell. Um, but you mentioned, you know, your threat coming in the wide positions. We're, we're not great at negating it, actually, particularly down our left-hand side. The past couple of games have been really open. Um, mm. so, Silver you know, Thomas might enjoy that then. Exactly. Silver Thomas, <laughs> a player like that, is, is, is a worry for me, let's say. Um, but in terms of, you know, the system, we're you would expect he's going to play with a three. I think lots of fans would like him to switch to a four. 
particularly if, uh, if Ben Wilmot isn't fit. But on the basis that we play the three, I think you're right, and it's going to be fairly tight and you know matching each other up really. Is there any you, you mentioned Sober? Is there anyone else in the town team that particularly stands out to yourself? It's always interesting to hear, you know, third parties' opinions on our players. Obviously, we've got our own favourites and, and players that we regularly speak about. At the moment, it's the entire eleven. But um, for an outsider yeah, think, looking in, I think that's that's a fair, you know, outside appraisal of Huddersfield as well. You know, I hope you don't mind me saying that you are a team that comes across as greater than the sum of its parts. And I mean that as a compliment. What yeah. I will say, um, and I'm not just trying to curry favour here, is that when we beat you at home earlier in the season, it was at a time when we were playing well, and you did stand out to me as one of the better teams we played at home, or, or you know, up to this point, really. Um, so even though we won on the night, I did think Huddersfield will be up there this season. So actually, it's not a huge surprise to me to see where you are. I did think what a good side you were that night. What about yourself, Sarah? Is there, is there anyone in particular from Stoke's side that, that stands out as, as possibly being somebody that could cost town a few headaches? I think in terms of that, that, that central midfield to me, I mean, they've, they've got a phenomenal record from, from long distance particularly. They, you know, they, they hit shots from far out, which is always a worry, I think, if you don't close down. You know, they've signed Lewis Baker to, to, to go alongside Nick Powell. And, you know, there's, there's some talent there, isn't there? It's just kind, kind of getting it right on the night. Um, yeah, goals wise, I think I think both clubs are kind of missing a, a sort of real poacher, and um, so there's there's a not which I think might lay, lean into this idea that it might be quite might be quite tight, like you say. You can imagine Lewis O'Brien and Jonathan Hogg just getting in really close to those central midfields and not allowing those shots to come off. Um, but yeah, it, we're a funny team, aren't we? Stoke are a funny team. I think it's talking about you said before about town before and about um, that sort of feeling of coming down from the Premier League. And I think that's really important with this town side because there, there's only Jonathan Hogg that's, that sort of remembers that. And I think that's massive because if you've got that, you know, you can't underestimate that weight of sort of two years of, you know, l- winning single figures of games <laughs> over two years. That must do horrendous things to, to sort of mentality, to, to, to move out of that era. And I think what from what Mark's saying is like we've moved out of that era quicker than they managed to move out of that. I think possibly because Stoke were in the Premier League for much longer, so they had all this sort of hanging over them, those big wages, those big ambitions. Whereas Town were obviously only there for two seasons, so the recovery has been quicker, I think. And it's almost like you've kind of not got to think like a Premier League club in the Championship. And I think maybe Stoke have taken a bit too long to sort of move out of that. Is yeah, that a, a fair summary? It is. It perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking back to our first season in the championship when everybody, certainly outside of the club, thought Stoke were going to walk the league, which is always a ridiculous statement when it comes to come down after 10 years. There's clearly big issues. But then Gary Rowan... Unless it's like Norwich or Fulham, though. Well, exactly, because they are so (laughs) used to bouncing. We've been in there for 10 years. The players on Premier League wages, Premier League expectations, Premier League egos and all that. Uh, We didn't have any championship-ready players. And then we went and signed a load of players who supposedly were championship-ready, but we did that with the belief that, oh, we're going to go straight back up so we can give Tom Hensley, you know, well, 40,000 a week, you know, or whatever we did. So the, the first batch of signings that we signed in the championship are, in essence, Premier League players, none of whom pretty much have worked out for us. So we've got those headaches still that we're now finally mm-hmm. at the end of this season able to sort of get rid of. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a mess. <laughs> it's been a real mess. 
Is it is it fair to say though, Michael O'Neill, you, you've been through a few coaches since coming down. Michael O'Neill seems to be one that has um, worked well, not only on the field, but the fans seem to like him. He seems to be bringing in a, an atmosphere and a, a style to Stoke that, that people are buying into. Well, I mean, that, that's on the, that's very much on the precipice at the moment. Yes, in the main, that is true. And certainly I, I maintain that belief, but <laughs> that 5-2 game, was when he first come in, turned Stoke around and having never scored more than two goals for two years or whatever, we were hitting three, four, five. Fantastic. And we thought, wow, what are we going to do the next season? And then that COVID season was a real drag. Um, and then at the start of this season, he brought in plays and improved the style. We we're playing really well, nice football. And then as the season's gone on, yes, we've been injury hit, but it's it's regressed to a pretty depressing mean at times, to be honest. Um, so no, currently a lot of fans are very disenchanted about the style of football we're playing and I think it's you know one or two results away from a lot of people turning actually so it's a fantastic time to be playing as it really is yeah okay Sarah is that is that sort of music to your ears it's made me smile a little bit that yeah <laughs> <laughs> first time for everything um, yeah it's it's, it's is this, like you, Mark says, is it perhaps then a good time to be playing Stoke if, if this is the, the the mood around the club? Or is it, we've seen it a couple of times, actually, you know, Nottingham Forest, when they came here, people expected town at that point, they'd not won a game in the league, town were doing really well to roll those over. It didn't happen. Cardiff City away stands out as a, as a mm. distinctly bad memory from this season with, I think it was Morrison's first game in charge there. He wasn't even permanently in charge at that point. It's just one of those where, people are making such an assumption that it's going to go one way that it quite possibly can go the other because I think, I think there's I think there's certainly something to be said for 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 this particular town team not not particularly reacting well to being the favorites in the yeah. game I think it sort of suits them to be a little bit more sort of reactive you know there have been times this season and probably that Stoke game there is one of them where you think town have probably scored a bit early and we don't really you don't really need that to happen on Friday because there's this tendency to go retreat 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 and then and then sort of mess it up where it's almost we're almost better when we go behind and kind of can have a go a little bit and open up a little bit so maybe going into the game with this sort of against an opponent that are sort of on their knees maybe doesn't suit town that much you know and there's always that thing as well is you don't know how much Stoke have been affected by what's in, what happened in midweek are they the wounded animal or are they you know you don't you don't know do you sometimes you get that sort of bounce back you know because they've been fired up a little bit by that kind of defeat but I don't know. Like I say, I would stick to my I would stick to my guns that it was going to be a one all. To be honest, I don't. I, I wouldn't expect this one to be pretty. Okay, I was going to close the show by asking for a score prediction. So you've gone one ahead there, Sarah. So I'll take your one all. What about yourself, Mark? Are you going to stay loyal to Stoke? Or are you going to go with your pessimism? I was going to say this is when I surprise you by going four nil to Stoke. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Joking apart, I do think it will turn for us because some of the players, you know, Philogene Bidesi we brought in from Villa looks exciting. Powell came back in midweek. It will click for us. I do genuinely believe that. And whereas we haven't put a run together in terms of, win of wins this season, equally, we haven't gone on too many losing streaks. So, you know, we are pretty good at bouncing back. So um, I am going to all... Four nil. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go one-one. I think it's a really good prediction that scored you. Okay, well, well, one-all. If everyone's got any spare pennies, then they know how to head to the bookmakers. <laughs> with uh, thank you very much for your time, uh, both of you. We'll hopefully we'll catch up with you both um, uh, another time on the show. And uh, thanks again to, to Sportsbroker for sponsoring the show. Thank you.